Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Now, Sydney, I noticed that you've got your computer uh, pulled up in front of you today, but I bet you're wondering, why did I even do that? Why did I do it? You know, actually, I walked through this in my head. Uh, I need it because I always have it up in front of me, uh-huh. and it's just part of, it's part of it. As a special treat for Sydney, we're recording this on Friday, tomorrow, um, March 27th, the Sydney's birthday. That's right. So as a special treat for Sydney, I told her, don't worry about it. I've got the Medical History Podcast for this week. And I thought about this. You know, my birthday is tomorrow. By the time this is published, it, my birthday will be over so this is like a double present because this will come out on Doctor's Day. Oh, perfect. It'll be released on Doctor's So this is like also my present, you know, that you get me every year for Doctor's Day. Yes. You know how you get my me a doctor, present for your that? Your Doctor's Day <laughs> present that uh, that you get all the time. Um, yes, you missed giving Sydney a gift. I'm sure you can still go to uh, Harmony House uh, and uh, make a donation in her name. I'm sure she'd appreciate that for her birthday. Actually, yes. If somebody was going to get me a present, that is exactly what I would want you to do yeah. is, is donate to Harmony House. But – uh, that is not why we're here. We're here to entertain, delight, and educate you. Thanks to Justin McElroy's Sawbones. It's a medical history podcast that I have crafted, and I'm going to tell you, Sydney, that means that you, my friend, now, are you looking ahead at the notes? I, I was pulling up the notes. Are these notes really titled Gamer Danger? I thought... <laughs> is that really what they're... I, I didn't think about you seeing that. In all caps. In all caps, no less. Gamer Danger. I just thought it was a good... Shut up! Gamer danger. I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. I like the all caps. I don't usually title my this Google is not Docs a time in all for, caps. For critiquing so. me, it is a time for educating, entertaining, and delighting. Please don't read ahead. You're gonna <laughs> not read you're it gonna freak me out. I just pulled it up so that I you pull up the notes when I'm Sydney, you know I'm doing a, this. I'm a gamer. <laughs> I'm a gamer. I'm a hundred percent gamer. Are you? But that comes with certain hazards, and I feel like in the medical community sometimes that those comes hazards, with hazards, like spilling your Mountain Dew all over your gaming console. Okay, can I tell you something? You get into <laughs> some very cruel stereotypes that are not helpful to this discussion. No, I, you I, just like Mountain Dew. I've been covering video games for I, my first writing job ever was when I was 13 years old writing with Chuck Minsker the Game View column for the Herald Dispatch. I've been writing about video games for. Uh, nearly 30 years at this point. I've been covering them for a very long time. Professionally, I cover them for 
uh, the past, I don't know, I don't know 15 years plus mm-hmm. uh, for a living. So I, I followed this space very carefully, and, I, and I've and i made a note whenever there is, like, a overlap between the interest of medicine and the interest of um, uh, video games. Mm-hmm. So we've done in the past uh, – like medically themed video games. We've talked about yes. those on Sawbones. You did that episode. I did. And now I'm trying it again. I'm so far outside my comfort zone. I never realized how distracting it is when I'm looking at the, I'm never going to look at a screen again. I'm just going to keep my eyes locked on you because I didn't realize how disorienting it is when you're not looking at me. So listen, I'm outside my comfort zone with medical stuff. So I'm going to try to talk to you about the way medicine and video games overlap. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to talk to you about it through the lens of gamer danger. <laughs> yes. It's not a joke. And you're going to feel bad very quickly, so I'm warning you now. I would like to— You'll uh, be ashamed of your words and deeds. I, 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 I'm not going to feel bad about making fun of your all-caps title, Gamer Danger, but I, I would like to apologize for the Mountain Dew joke. Yeah, well, it's too late I would like now. to apologize. It's already in That was unnecessary and cruel and stereotypical. But okay. you do—to be fair, you do really like Mountain Dew. We—I uh, do really like Mountain Dew. So, okay— we, I want to talk about a lot of different uh, ways in which games are dangerous. Video games are dangerous for mm-hmm. our youth. Um, sure. Uh, the number one, though, and I think that this has actually become more uh, of a prominent issue in the past few years, and mm-hmm. I think will continue to be. Um, esports is blossoming. It's growing. There are leagues of people who are playing video games against each other professionally in games like StarCraft 2 and Overwatch and League and um, you name it. Fortnite probably. It's probably an esports thing. I don't know if Fortnite's an esports thing. I, prob- I probably couldn't name Call it. Call of Duty, of course, is a huge Are they still thing. playing GoldenEye? Uh, not as much as you would think. But uh, with that has come uh, a, an increase in gaming-related injuries, specifically uh, in this Instance, I'm talking about repetitive stress injuries, or as I call them, RSIs. Mm, mm. As you call them. Uh, the number one, and the one that uh, is probably the most uh, common and the most cruel, is gamer's thumb. Mm-hmm. Now, gamer's thumb is more common in, um, uh, obviously, console games. This isn't a big problem if you're doing, like, a keyboard and mouse type sure, game. Sure, that you're, makes sense. If you're using the thumbstick, uh, gamer's thumb is one nickname given to a condi- condition called, you may have to help me with this bit, mm-hmm. Qu- queer veins. De queer veins. De tenosynovitis. De queer veins. Yeah. Tenosynovitis. Yeah. Yes. It's a condition where the tendons that move your thumb become inflamed. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. moving your thumb around, and uh, uh, it, it, it can be serious. It can, it can be very painful. I'm going to tell you about this specifically. See, Sid, specifically, gamer's thumb affects the tendon sheaths of the extensor pollicis pollicis brevis and abductor pollicis pollicis longus muscles. The muscles pull the thumb away from the hand and palm, and you get gamer's thumb. Your thumb Mm -hmm. starts to hurt because you game too hard. Right. Now, in the 80s, I think this is hilarious. They called it nintenditis, which is very good, and we should not have uh, uh, moved away from nintenditis so quickly. Well, and I feel like I probably had, I mean, maybe not a full-blown case of Nintenditis back in the day. Yeah. But I remember those days, those nights when you would go to bed and go, oh. Uh, and I, now I street fightered too hard. <laughs> fought the street too much. <laughs> um, and this is a serious, this is a serious issue. Um, not specifically, maybe not specifically gamer stuff, but definitely this sort of repetitive stress injury has ended careers 
um, mm. of of esports players who you know even with like surgery and taking care of themselves are still not um, able to continue to compete at the same level. I, there's one uh, prominent case from earlier this year. Thomas Zuma Paparato uh, was a Call of Duty player who ended his career at 25 years old. Oh my gosh! Because the just the pain he was experiencing. Um, so there's a big uh, push to get people to take this seriously, especially mm-hmm. people who are pros who are doing this. I mean, for lengths of time that are not necessarily advisable for the for the, the common human body, right? It's, well, you know what? It's interesting because what you're getting into is kind of the same conversation we have when we talk about like extreme sports or like in like extreme endurance sorts of activities, mm-hmm. things that uh, we start to understand that the human body is not like necessarily built to just do naturally Mm -hmm. but we have developed all of these ways to try to like push the bounds of human performance do you think i wonder if that will (laughs) will that happen in the in this space like will you see i mean because there's research in this right like there's tons of research and like how do these uh high performing endurance athletes do these things that the human body isn't really made to do safely and continuously i don't know Tom Brady probably has a secret. Uh, and these these break down to I mean you th- there are other RSIs that that are uh experience common amongst gamers. Uh, carpal tunnel is obviously huge. That's something that, that I personally as not a pro sort of an am an amateur gamer uh have struggled with uh and had to have treated trigger finger tennis elbow maybe we tennis elbow in the specific case. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say we're going to have to rename it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that well, just stick with Nintendoitis. Um, yeah. So, how do you? Uh, what do you do? Uh, one, play less. Mm-hmm. Uh, take breaks. More frequent breaks are, are what it advised. And and stretching those mm-hmm. uh, against basically whatever you're doing, right? Taking breaks while you're playing. Uh, treating it can be rest. It can be NSAIDs, um, and in some extreme cases, like steroids and surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, there is a big push, and 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 you know, kidding aside, like there's a big push in, in these communities to get these young people who are not thinking like uh, I'm going to injure myself playing games and to get them to take this seriously because a little bit, you know, it's that old ounce of prevention, mm-hmm. you know, pound of cure kind of deal. Yeah. Well, and I can imagine that's especially true if it has become your livelihood and taking a break is probably the best thing you can do if you have one of these injuries. But if your income depends on regularly gaming how do you take a break yeah you know so that that puts you in a tough spot so you're right if it's you, a balance I, it's a balance a lot, of, a lot of pro athletes i'm i'm sure are are constantly you know yeah trying to, the, trying the to same fight. discussion yeah exactly there is a the, okay so that is a probably the most serious in the in terms of like gaming uh uh injuries that is a, a an actual constant problem um others are less so let's talk about the nintendo 64 now, I know that you had a Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. with the, uh, I think, probably second worst controller ever made right after the GameCube controller, though that's debatable. I know some people love the GameCube controller, but the Nintendo 64 controller was miserable. And the uh, highlight of this miserable- I'm looking co- at a picture of it to remind myself. It looks kind of like a batarang. So look up that. And and what you're going to see, the most prominent feature uh, is an analog stick oh, right yeah, yeah, dead yeah. center. And uh, there, in a game called Mario Party, if you ever enjoyed the game Mario Party on Nintendo 64, there were many games that uh, wanted you to spin that stick 
as fast as you could. Mm. The design was for you to use your thumb, obviously, to spin it as fast as you could, but anybody with half a brain would instantly realize that if they were just to put the palm of their hand on top of the stick and and use their entire wrist to get that movement, they could get uh, you know a lot more stars. You're going to get a lot more stars that way. There's okay. no two ways about it. But That's a nice tip. That le- well no, it's not. Oh. Because some twist play- twist some players got blisters, burns and lacerations from rotating the analog stick using the palms of their hands instead of their thumb. Lacerations. Well, I mean, burns are the, probably the wilder part. Like, well, you definitely need to you you need to go pro if you're like, <laughs> I set my hand on it's on fire. I set my hand on fire with think my incredible they really speed. Got, they don't mean burn burns, right? Really? Like, I mean, they fric- generated friction burns. A, a so friction not, injury, yeah. 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 Not, not they actually generated enough heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do you, can you imagine how fast you'd have to do that? So this is, there weren't any lawsuits filed, but there Maybe were the about 90 complaints received by the New York uh, Attorney General's office. Nintendo agreed to a settlement. The settlement was, they paid the legal fees of the state. It was like 27, uh, or sorry, $75,000. They... <laughs> They provided gloves for anyone who had hurt their hands while play, while playing the game. Well, were they cool gloves? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if these are like collector's items. Um, How do you not own these gloves? There were, these, these feel like something that Justin McRoy would I have don't sought know, out. But like, I don't know if they would want to like necessarily brand them. Let me see. Let me check the bay real quick. Let me check the bay real quick and see if there's Mario Party gloves. Because I don't know if you would necessarily want to brand these Mario Party gloves. Like, here, these are safe to use. Yeah, I don't see any on eBay. So I'm assuming maybe it's just like, Regular glove, <laughs> regular safety Just gloves. like glove gloves. Yeah, not Just like. Like those arthritis gloves your dad wears. Yes. Like the fingerless gloves. Exactly. I exactly. bet they were fingerless. Um, at, at the time, it could have cost Nintendo up to $80 million. So that they have backed off of analog stick rotation since yeah. Mario Party uh, 2. Wait, what year was this that they sent these gloves out? Um, Hold on. You asked me too quick. Sorry. No, it's okay. It would have been like. Late 99, mm. somewhere around there. Um, I was trying to imagine what color scheme they would have gone with. I really don't think they were trying to make them special. I think oh. they were just trying to make them like just okay. <laughs> um, just just enough to, uh, yeah, Nintendo Issues Game Gloves is what they were called. Um, so uh, that was that, was that uh, very serious situation. They backed off of that. Now they're um, the thumbstick on the Switch. I think they've used uh, those sorts of game, the, those sorts of mini games again in Mario Party, but uh, the thumbsticks are way better than they used to be, and they're a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to get the same sort of. And also, Mario Party Two is on um, a virtual console. So. That was not a fun controller. I will agree with that. It was not a good controller. Um, now the Wii, of course, is hugely dangerous. Um, a lot of problems. <laughs> the Wii is hugely dangerous. The Wii is hugely dangerous. She laughs, but. I mean, I mean, not hugely dangerous. I'm, of course, uh, I sh- I should say I'm overstating this for for impact, but there are uh, there are problems with the 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 Wii in in uh, like the Wii Fit Balance Board. Do you ever see that? That's mm-hmm. not a very common thing, but you remember that um, in the United Kingdom, a 14 year old girl suffered a fracture in her right foot when she fell off the balance board. Oh no! I know. See, now you feel bad for laughing. There's um, falls. While playing is a Wii-associated injury that was in this uh, – th- th- there was this big study in the New England Journal of Medicine, basically a little bit lighter, 
lighter uh, study. What are you looking at here? You looking a very- traumatic hemothorax? Traumatic hemothorax, Sydney. Now, you shouldn't be reading along. Really, I'm the one who's supposed to read. I was just I don't surprised know if you've that they before, suffered but, a traumatic well, hemothorax. Re- from yeah, but really, that was going to be my sort of to you. You know, I was going to say that to you and get your reaction. That's how sorry. this show is. Okay, to, sorry. You're not supposed to read the stuff off the screen. You'll note that I very rarely do that as the co-host. Um, so dra- traumatic hemothorax, That I don't know what that is exactly, but, you know, it sounds bad. You have the definition here. Oh, I was going to let you read it so you could sound. It's a collection of blood in the space between the chest wall and lung. Uh, there are also head injuries from being struck accidentally by a gaming partner. Basically, people put these Wiimotes around their wrists, and they just went to town. There were TVs destroyed. A kid, uh, there was a kid that lost vision in one eye because he got hit by a oh my gosh. Wiimote. It's not a joke, folks. You start slinging these things around. That's why they got the wrist straps on there. And, y- and you know what? You leave those off at your own peril. That's all That's all I will say. Well, even with them on, I remember there was danger. Sure. Because, like, you can't just let that thing spin around your wrist. Like, like it's, you know, tethered closely enough not to harm someone. There were, of course, we. if you do not remember this, if you were not around during this time period, uh, we tennis and was a massive, I mean, it was massive. The mm-hmm. we was massively uh, popular and there were well because everybody like, did it. Yeah, everybody. it wasn't just the traditional what you think of as someone who plays video games, um, which I know has always been a false stereotype. But it it, it really she expanded. says a mere fifteen minutes after I trudging out the mountain. I apologized. I apologize for it. I I recognize that. No, but it really like my parents played Wii tennis. This uh, is a big. It's a <laughs> my big parents deal. playing a video game. That yeah. is a huge Wii deal. Wii tennis and rock band. That's the only ones you ever got your parents yeah. on. Um. Now, of course, there's a danger of uh, DVTs. A DVT just from playing a video game? I know. It sounds shocking, Sid, and we're going to talk about that and so much more. All right. Gamer danger on the horizon right after we go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. 
But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week, I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or clean up. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Kelsey Dara, Open Mike Eagle, and Patton Oswalt. Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. So he was in therapy. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for maximum fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Cindy, what is a DVT for people that don't know? A deep vein thrombosis. And it's a it's a blood clot. It's a collection of, you know, various cells that are in your blood that have formed a clot. So like a something that blocks it. You know, I mean, you, you probably know what a blood clot is. It's a little ball of blood and cells and stuff that blocks the flow of blood through something. So in this case, a vein. It is uh, a, a risk when you're doing a very long gaming session. There's a risk for um, DBT because it can happen when you've been uh, immobilized for too long. This is not a theoretical thing. I have two uh, reports here. In one, uh, there's one from a man who had been playing games with his kids for eight hours. Goodness. And blood clots formed in the patient's lower legs causing a DBT and he had to be treated with uh, emergency blood thinners to uh, remove the clots. Now, I don't know what game that is, but I would love to know what got you to sit. What, Honestly, if I could get my kids to sit down for eight hours, the DVTs might almost be worth it. I'm kind of on I the fence about I don't it. need them to sit for eight hours. If I could get them to sit for eight minutes so that I could, like, I don't know, eat a, a salad or go pee, that would be cool. Um, a young man also in New Zealand developed life-threatening blood clots in his leg according to this story on Live Science, uh, after playing four days of PlayStation games. I'm assuming that's not four interrupted days because we're getting into some 
uh, hygiene issues there at, well, at, at sleep and, and bathrooms. I've seen those gamer chairs that like, and I don't know if they're have real. The to- have the toilets built into them? I've seen, yeah. I've seen people share those on Facebook and I always assume it's a joke, but they're like, I no. need this. And it, it like, most but it gamers also, do have gamer chairs with potties in them. So that no, is a don't. correct no, stereotype. They no, most no, they do. have those cool looking. I've seen the ones they have on their streams and stuff. They all look cool and, and space age, but these are like recliners basically. So you can just sort of like set your controller to the side, recline back, take a nap, sit right back up and go right back to gaming. And there's like little mini fridge and all that. I, I bet these aren't real. Anyway, moving on. You know, the thing is, anything you do, if you hold still long enough in a seated position um, or in a laying down position, you know, if you're laying down or or seated, it puts you at risk for a DVT. Now, a lot of people say, well, why why doesn't everybody get them while you sleep? Well, you move while you sleep. You know, you're you're moving and stuff. But but that's really the risk. It's the same reason why airplanes, you're at risk for them. Um, Long car trips, you're Mm -hmm. at risk for them. Anything after a surgery, maybe, if you're immobile for a while while you're recovering from something in the hospital if you're sick and you can't move because you just don't move. So that would be my concern is like you shouldn't be playing a video game so long that you're not moving at all, Mm -hmm. you know? Like yeah. that you're holding that still. Because that's a degree of stillness that we usually don't hold for long periods of This time. happened to a friend of mine. This happened to my friend Kevin Kelly, who's somebody I worked with at Joystick. Um, that, that might mean I you don't need, think it was after a long gaming session, but That might mean you need more breaks. And this is true for people who work on computers in general. Yeah. I think there's a risk here. So we need more breaks. Get up and walk around some more. I know what you're thinking. The reality of these gaming injuries is just too much. Maybe it would be nice to be whisked right away into a virtual reality. Well, mm. no. The danger lurks there too no i could see, i actually i totally see this so what's the most common obviously the most common is uh uh you know you you put on a vr helmet and you're ambulating around a space and you're not following the safety guidelines and maybe you didn't set up your barrier where it's supposed to be or you left a toy train out in the middle of your office or whatever and you walk into things you punch a wall you fall directly onto your face uh, and that, that is a danger. People have – this has resulted in strains, broken bones, and concussions from people just falling <laughs> and running it, into stuff. It doesn't surprise me. It's very disorienting um, the few times I've done it, although I can't engage with virtual reality very much. Mm-hmm. For I don't know if you're going to mention one of the other. Nausea is, yes. is a more transient problem, but it's definitely there. There, uh, there's also, you know, s- sort of tying into the RSS we talked about earlier. There's an issue of neck strain, uh, with a burden on the cervical spine because you're you're supporting the weight of this helmet, and I've already got some heft up there, you know, on top of the neck, and then I'm going to pile right on with this, your big head with the VR helmet. Thank you, dear. Um, <laughs> but that, but the so that is a that is a concern. There are also it's also worth noting that, and this is like I don't want to sow seeds of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but. Um, there is also some early discussion that maybe uh, as we transition more into people spending more time in VR, that there might be some longer-term dangers that we're not necessarily aware of yet. One would be we're not used to um, uh, processing the sorts of like intense stimuli that you get from this, and mm. that may not be good for your like nervous system, your circulatory system, like the the fear, the anxiety, like being directly pumped in. That the 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 effect of that sort of like fight or flight mode mm-hmm. uh, and putting yourself in that constantly um, could be damaging uh, over the long term. I can see that. I can. I mean, to start to think of corollaries to that, yes, there definitely is a concern there. I, I, it's inter- It would be interesting to see how that plays out in 
a simulated situation where on some level you know you aren't in danger at all times. Right. If that would protect you, I don't know, because it is very realistic. Although the only one that I could engage with was that one where we were in Disney World and I was sitting on a bench, not moving, mm -hmm. so that I could just look around. Because as soon as I move, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to hurl right away. I can't. I'll never have that problem. It makes me so nauseated so quickly to do any of that. There's also some anecdotal evidence that uh, forcing your brain to process like three-dimensional images in that way and the eye strain that it caused may be uh, create longer-term issues for you. Although, mm -hmm. again, none of this is this is not uh, scientifically proven right now because a lot of this technology is early and we don't have people mm -hmm. who have spent the kind of time in VR, but it's something to be aware of. I mean, I think with a lot of this stuff, right? Balance. It's just about balance and right. finding a balance between uh, getting your game on, getting your points, mm -hmm. as they say. Now, Sydney, I've I am not just here to bury video games in danger. I wanted to briefly talk about the good stuff that uh, that video games do in terms of health. All right. Um, there, there. Obviously, the Nintendo products, when, when, especially the Wiimote became such a big thing, um, a lot of people saw the opportunity for encouraging people to become more active, mm -hmm. but also to use it in some sorts of physical therapy, like the Balance Board. Um, it has been used to train uh, balance in older people. Like the Balance Board has been used, or uh, those with Parkinson's disease. The Wii remote controller can be used to improve basic laparoscopic skills. I don't mm -hmm. know what that means, but... Like camera-assisted surgeries where they do like a minimally invasive procedure, meaning that they only make a few small incisions and just insert a camera and some other instruments into tiny incisions as opposed to a big open procedure where they have to make a much larger incision. Um, the healing is faster. The recovery is faster from laparoscopic procedures. So a, a lot of surgeries have been transitioned to that. When possible, there's been um, there's been a good amount of uh, uh, research into using VR for physical therapy mm -hmm. um, because where your motions are being tracked, it can help you to make sure that you're performing the physical therapy properly uh, and and monitor the kinematics. It says here of your uh, limb movements. So uh, that that kind of research was done actually using the Kinect, which was uh, Microsoft's uh, failed. Uh, camera. I remember that though because it games. sent all those little spots, those little dots all over your room. Mm -hmm. That yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because that is a big problem in various kinds of therapy where if you do the exercises correctly, they can really help, but you have to make sure you're doing them correctly every time or else you, you might get no benefit or even worse, maybe you're doing something that would actually make it worse. Um, now, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, there was a warning when the Nintendo 3DS was was first released, which was a 3D platform that kids under six probably shouldn't play it because it would just like demolish their vision. This is what, what, what mm -hmm. everyone was told. I remember this. Right. It's um, there apparently – not a lot of evidence for that. Uh, they, they, they have backed away from that. It is not a uh, uh, – they don't seem to have found any sort of evidence that that is an issue. Um, but actually, in, in the story from 2011, uh, the American opto opt optometric, optometric? – American Optometric Association, the mm -hmm. AOA, says that 3D um, may actually help uh, uncover subtle disorders – 
that can result in learning difficulties for kids. So if they're they're if they have trouble processing th- the 3D images from these mm-hmm. things, that that might actually be indicate it can help them detect vision problems that will continue to be a problem for them. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? That would have been cool when I was younger because my utter lack of spatial reasoning maybe somebody would have picked up on that and helped me with it because now I'm an adult who has no spatial reasoning skills. And it's the vision continues to develop from birth. So the earlier we find this stuff out, the better. Um, Video games are used a lot in therapy. There is, for example, a game called Sparks with an X that is um, used to just treat depression. It is a game where you, you know, like do specific goals and it can help you monitor your own emotional state. Um, there are, is also a lot of use of video games, um, in, and, and you can find all kinds of cases of this. How, how have they validated that? Like, have they, have they done studies to compare it to other treatments for depression? Do you know, like to, to compare it to like therapy or a medication or something like that? Um, I don't, I mean, is part is, uh, let me see here. Hold on. They, uh, tested sparks in a, according to this, a large study. In New Zealand, the results were published in the British Medical Journal in 2012. Mm. Um, they found that it was as effective as standard care for youth 12 to 19 years old seeking help for depression. It reduced depression, anxiety, feelings of hopelessness, and improved quality of life and many other uh, effects. That's uh, fascinating. And these changes lasted for at least three months. But that uh, also you see video games that are not specifically designed for this, but being used in play therapy mm. with younger kids, That which obviously that's something that's been going on for a long time. You, you see uh, toys being used in therapy with younger kids uh, to help to get them to open up. But uh, there's a lot of people who are using video games as a way to like get kids to start talking, mm. like interacting with them in these play spaces where they feel a bit more comfortable, you know, like – doing their therapy session in like Fortnite or whatever, uh, where not only like, uh, or maybe probably less violent video games than that, but still sure. using video games as a, a, a way to start a discussion going um, to uh, using video games to uh, as part of like dramatic play that could be useful in development, things like that. Uh, also, and this is real, I think this, this is, uh, this is, these last two are, are fascinating, although a little bit more ephemeral. Um, and uh, video games have been used in, uh, uh, as a form of pain relief, there are studies where people will like put their hands into cold water or something and then uh, have the distraction of a video game there to help them uh, tolerate that. They've also been mm. using kids who are undergoing, you know, chemotherapy, stuff like that to as a, as a form of distraction. That's I love interesting. Th- from this one study I found, um, I love hearing medical people talk about video games because uh-huh. it's the most clinical possible thing. Those interested in taking part were offered the possibility of playing video games on PlayStation Vita on demand with a range of different alternatives available depending on the patient's preference and age as follows. Age-rated puzzles, sports, platforms, and strategy games. Yes, (laughs) those are the genres of video games that there are. (laughs) Platforms. (laughs) What are platforms? Platforming games like Mario, but no one calls they're not platforms. (laughs) That is not what they refer to as. Somebody had to look that up. Yeah. You know somebody just was researching that as opposed to just like asking somebody, hey, do you play video games? Yeah. Platforms? Is that anything? Is this a thing? Uh, This last one, especially cool. VR headsets have been adapted to help improve eyesight. There's a startup called Give Vision that made a device called the Sight Plus that helps to restore vision in people whose eyesight has deteriorated beyond repair. It projects a video. So you wear the the helmet, right? Projects Mm -hmm. a video of the real world into the working part of the retina. 
Hmm. There was a clinical trial at Moorfields Eye Hospital that suggested improved eyesight in 59 of the 60 participants, with nearly half saying they would wear the device for watching TV, reading, or going to the theater. Uh, the firm is partnering with Sony to develop its next device. Wow, that's Isn't kind that of amazing. Cool? Yeah, that's very cool. So anyway, video games are terrible and dangerous, except sometimes they're good. And that's the scoop from Sawbones. Did was this was the whole idea here that at the end I would say, well, I guess I should let you play video games more. No, I'm 40. I play video games whenever I darn well please, which no, usually we... just happens to align with when the <laughs> kids are asleep and you're busy doing other things or I've woken up before everyone because of my ongoing struggles with anxiety. But video games are here to stay and they are <laughs> dangerous Unless you use them in moderation, in which case they're probably fine and maybe even helpful. I've been sitting here thinking what the perfect use for this uh, gamer danger in all caps is. Like, where can we use this? I thought we should write a book. No, don't write a book. This looks like a pamphlet that you'd find when you go to, like, the school nurse. Yeah. You know, where, like, they have all the pamphlets about all the stuff that can go wrong for teenagers. And then they have one that's titled Gamer Danger. Gamer and they danger. have, like, some kids out on the playground and one's, like, laying there, like, holding their legs screaming. And it's, like, Gamer Danger. And you're, like, what is happening? As much as I'd love for my, to listen, <laughs> sit here and listen to my wife continue to rag on me, we do have to end the show here. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thank you to Justin for doing the research for this episode so that I could take a break this you're, week. That was, a, that was a great birthday present. You're welcome, Squid. If you want to get Sid something, head on over to uh, the Harmony House website and you can help people who are experiencing homelessness in uh, Huntington, West Virginia. It is a wonderful organization and I think they would be happy for any house. Any support you could offer, harmonyhousewv.com. And uh, let City know you donated. I'm sure it would uh, brighten her day. That would. That would. Thank you. Uh, that is going to do it for us. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.